I don't want to talk about that. I'm more more issues to be talking about than that. The time right. was still, still dark at the start, but it got brighter and brighter nearly every oh, day. Yeah, mine over six months because this is our season. I think that's a rough. I'm up to the gutter to get where I am. I'm delighted to be here, but it's been earned. It's, that's it's, for a, sure. it's a great honour. It's kind of surreal, really. The whole thing has okay, been. Okay, you've won them all, and that's pretty mental. What people in social media have done is disgusting. This is Sportsbeat Extra. On this week's show, I'm chatting about the rise of one of the fastest hardcore games in the country. I'll also be speaking with an elite racer who's going to dive into the intriguing preparations for the legendary Ross Todd. I'm Sean Connolly, and you are very welcome to Sportsbeat Extra. Sportsbeat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. I recently had the pleasure of speaking with Jer Campbell, the race director for Ross Talton. Ireland's number one elite cycling event for men is returning after a four-year absence. In the race, riders will cover 756 kilometres over five stages. I'm joined now by one of our own, a tremendous cyclist who is preparing for his own journey into the Ross, beats Luke Cullen. How are you doing today, Luke? Well, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. So, the Ross is back after a four-year layoff. What does it mean to you? Well, as a cyclist for the last number of years, uh, I personally started in 2020, which, as we know, is probably the best year to start cycling. To see it come back and to see it in large numbers of those joining, it's really, really great to see. You know, as a as a cyclist, as a racer, I'm always trying to spread the word on cycling, get more people involved. So, so as a racer and even just as a supporter as well, it's really, really great to see. Definitely. Curiosity, what got you started in this absolutely grueling event? <laughs> grueling is definitely the correct word. Well, I like I said, I started in 2020. So I started cycling because uh, initially I was a swimmer. I was swimming for many years in the Kilkenny Swimming Club. And at the time I was heading into fifth year and I wanted to do a college course that was 500 points. And I was like, I can't really keep those two up. So... To keep some sort of level of fitness, I kept us swimming, but I also started going out cycling with my father. He's been cycling for like the past 40 years or so, uh, similar with uh, my uncle. Um, so I just started training with him and then uh, 2020 uh, kept rolling on and he said, I think you should give racing a go. So I've got to do a number of races, mostly kind of one day events, but then a few stage races here and there. And then at the start of this year, I was like, well, if I can get on a team and uh, if I feel, you know, the legs are up to it, uh, I'd love to give it a go. And here we are. That's absolutely brilliant. I can only imagine how difficult this is. I run, but it's an awful long time since I cycled. What is a standard day of training? Standard day of training? Well, it depends on the week. It depends on what day of the week it is. Um, personally for me, let's say midweek, Wednesday, um, I have a bit more free time than the level I'm at right now. Um, and it's a level where my main goal is I want to enjoy, but I also want to try my best to get results. You know, riding for my club, uh, Carrick Wheelers, Panduit, uh, they've been a great help, and um, Panduit as well for the sponsors. So, you know, I've had a great lot of riders there, uh, especially, you know, some people might know of Sam Bennett racing in the Tour de France uh, and on the world stage, he's, he's come through Carrick. But uh, no, for, uh, for a typical training day, at the moment I might do four hours, uh, three hours some days, and then usually the day before a race, if I can, I might do an hour, a uh, nice kind of steady session, but uh, a lot of the times it's two, three, four, maybe five hours of uh, absolutely killing myself, making like, myself puke. I like the way you casually throw it out there. Oh yeah, standard day, four hours, five <laughs> hours, just as you do. Can I ask, what's the diet like during this? I'm sure you have massive rehydration and to eat a tremendous amount of carbohydrates during this yeah no massive amount yeah so when i'm out training or whether i'm out racing i i have to eat well all racers we have to eat we have to 
have to drink. Actually, not so long ago, I was in a race in Limerick and the race, it was 140k and the race was so fast and I actually did drop a bottle because, you know, we're, at, we're riding on rough Irish roads um, that by the end of the race, I was so dehydrated that medics actually had to help me back to my dad's car because I was, no I might have fainted. Um, so I had to, you know, pump a, lo- a load of sugar into myself um, and get myself, uh, you know, back to normal state. But no, on the bike, you know, it's a lot of electrolytes, it's a lot of water and then carbs. So I might have, you know, breakfast bars or, you know, caramel waffles is a personal favorite, but there's no real room for pigging out a lot you know sweets can be helpful but not too much but like I can't remember the last time I had fast food to be honest um so yeah that's it's a personal thing but yeah in terms of elite racing in the country I mean you're very much an elite racer just describe a typical race and how competitive it is well it it does differ a, a tiny bit from from race to race obviously you know like other sports we have days that are bigger than other races that are bigger than others but the typical race day you know you get there maybe an hour an hour and a half beforehand get warmed up you you know you talk to the few of the lads of your teammates or just riders that you'd know from other clubs and then the race sets off every race is different whether it's flat whether it's hilly whether it's kind of undulating like you know you may not you may ride for let's say it's 150k you may not ride for 100k before a group tries to go up the road but then a couple of weeks ago I was riding a race and a group went up the road from the gun and they held out until the last but really it's a lot of attacking so there's the bunch which people might know and you know as Tour de France or whatever as the peloton so that's the largest group on the road and people are always trying to get away and you have to you know conserve your energy like you can't go up the road the whole time you have to use other people you have to draft a lot um, you have to be kind of cruel sometimes, but uh, no, it's it's really grueling. Like, you know, there's been many time where I've wanted to, you know, like, oh God, make this stop or make this end. Uh, I, you know, I've cried on the bike, I've puked and blacked out once on a stage race. I've crashed multiple times, you know, nothing too serious. But, uh, you know, I think in terms of, you know, my father, he's, uh, and, you know, many other cyclists, they've broken bones. So in regard to that, in contrast, I, I think I've gotten off fairly lightly. Yeah. No, it is very grueling. Yeah. And you mentioned your father there. Obviously a huge influence on, on, Massive. on all of this. Massive yeah. influence. Yeah, yeah. Does he still ride? Uh, he doesn't ride at the moment, but he comes to me with every, you know, for every race. And obviously, and also my, my, he, my cousin as well. And another, riders as well he's always happy to give out advice he never actively encouraged me to get into bike in terms of like he never forced me he was always like I want you to be involved in sport I want you to have fun but cycling is so hard that you have to want to do it you know it's like it's not like hey we're gonna go for a cycle like no we're out there three and a half four hours trying to kill each other really on the bike you know it's all you know everyone's very competitive but in a in a nice um, respectful way but uh, it's not for the faint of heart uh, you know it is the world's toughest sport at the end of the day I love it I love it you're out there trying to kill each other but you're, <laughs> you're doing it with a smile on your face so yeah exactly okay. yeah. brilliant brilliant yeah. four days until your Ross journey begins how are you set for it how is training going I'm feeling good. Um, I'm feeling mentally good. I'm feeling physically good. You know, at the moment, you know, right this today, um, just kind of resting, recovering. You know, easy spin here and there until the until the Ross starts. Uh, I've I've put in a lot of training, um, to get to this point. And like, you know, I don't want people to get me wrong. I'm 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 not gonna go in with expectations that I'm gonna win the whole thing. You know, I'm gonna try and give it all I have. But uh, you know, as you know, as my dad would say, first you have to love the bike, and then you have to love the suffering. So I'm going to try my best to enjoy the suffering. I'm going to enjoy it, but there's no reason you can't go into it and think that you can achieve something. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, I have goals. I, I have goals I want to achieve. I have you know points I want to prove to myself. You know, with a lot of people, like you know, the physical aspect is hard enough, but it's the mental aspect. You know, when it comes to overthinking or 
you know, f- you know, failing at goals. So that's the main thing I'm trying to achieve. Just, you know, be happy with the goals that I can set and achieve them. But uh, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Like, there's a bit of fear in it because, you know, it's the Ross. It's the, it's the biggest stage race in Ireland. It's probably the toughest thing I'll probably ever do. But uh, the excitement is definitely bigger than the fear. Well, definitely. This is an elite event and elite athletes. Mentality is often the difference. It has to be an amalgamation of fear, enthusiasm, readiness, willingness to go. Do you feel that the Ross and I suppose cycling in general gets enough attention and publicity that it deserves? For the work that's put in, and when I say for the work that we, I don't mean even just in Ireland, I mean across Europe um, and the world really. Obviously it's bigger in Europe, but uh, the short answer is no. You know, when I say this is the world's toughest sport and I'm not even, you know, I'm not racing for Ireland, I'm not racing for European championships or anything like that. But for the work we put in and the, the suffering that we as cyclists, you know, men and women, and that we put ourselves through, it doesn't get nearly enough attention. I know that's with, you know, massive respect to all other sports. You know, I've done swimming, cycling, obviously cycling, obviously, but running, hurling, um, stuff like that. But, you know, we're out there three, four hours, you know, there's no there's no half times or anything like that. So it would be it would be nice, you know, for especially in Ireland, because um, we've had amazing riders, you know, people might know of Sean Kelly. Sean Kelly is like one of the greatest cyclists ever, not just in Ireland. And obviously you have Stephen Roach, he had an amazing year in 97. Eddie Dunbar is doing amazing right now. So Sam Bennett, you know, these, you know, we're not like, you know, there for the crack. We're there, you know, Irish in, in Europe and across the world, they're, they're there to win and they have won. And, you know, I, I kind of bring it back, you know, when when Sam Bennett won the Sports Personality Awards, RT got his name wrong, or they didn't, sorry, they got his name wrong, but they got his picture wrong. And that was kind of annoying as a cyclist, like, you know, you had one job sort of thing. So I definitely think a lot more could be done. Um, it's it's improving. Uh, more people are getting out there and cycling, but uh, definitely a lot more could definitely be done. Yeah, definitely. And it's like an article about Cristiano Ronaldo with a picture of Lionel Messi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's really not that hard to mess up. But anyway, yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, look, lastly, um, what sort of advice would you offer to any budding cyclist who might be considering taking up the sport or is looking at maybe going to the next level? For those who want to get into racing, don't. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> like if you want to get into racing, you know, start slow. The, uh, my biggest mistake actually at the start was thinking, oh, I'm going to win straight away. I'm going to get in the podium straight away. You know, this is my third year racing, but in, in reality, it's kind of my, I'm I'm a cyclist that's a year and a half old because the first two seasons were obviously very short due to COVID. So go, if, if you do want to go in, be aware of the pain you will feel, not just in racing, but in training that you will have to put yourself through. It's not for the faint of heart, but it can be so rewarding and can be so fun. And there is some sort of satisfaction out of the pain you feel so you know get a get a good bike you know it's expensive so don't think like oh i'll get away with something cheap the gear is expensive the food is expensive the bike is expensive and then you have to pay to race uh, you know anywhere you want to go but try try join a club and the biggest thing you'll have to learn is riding in a group you know people say oh cycling is probably not a contact sport like i've you know lads have hit me like out on the bike I've like you know shoulder to shoulder stuff like that Um, you know I've been hit everywhere I've hit the road you know guys have hit me so it's not for the faint of heart but if you know start slow and just try and enjoy it because it's hard enough and I've seen guys you know over the years who you know they've they've won you know almost everything or uh, they're at a really elite level and then a couple of years go by and they can't look at the bike which I think is sad uh, personally because my main aim is like I want to be 40 I want to be 50 and I want to still love the bike I want to still love to race so that's that's my personal goal but I say going with low expectations but just try and enjoy it but be aware of the suffering that you'll probably have so look as as kind of an all-around sports fan that I am I get the utmost pleasure in listening to people who are passionate about their sport 
You've really got that across today, Luke. I wish you all the best in the Ross, and we'll touch base shortly to follow up and see how it all went. Perfect sound. Thanks a lot for having me on. My pleasure. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. The sport of badminton is growing at an extremely rapid rate in the country, and rightfully so. I'm very pleased to welcome Trudy Kennedy to the show. Trudy is the Association Secretary for Munster Badminton. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us on. We're delighted to get some um, exposure for our sport. Absolutely, and it's a pleasure to have you on board. So, I suppose, Thank where you. better to start than by highlighting the great successes of Waterford Badminton in recent weeks and months? It's been a fantastic period for you, hasn't it? It has indeed. It's been just an amazing few weeks um, in Waterford. Um, we started off there a couple of weeks ago, heading to Galway, and winning two All-Irelands, one on the Saturday with our under-17 squad, beating Dublin and Donegal. And then on the Sunday, our grade G team, they, they also won beating Carlo and Galway. Um, and our grade H team, they were actually runners-up. So we had a, a tremendous weekend. And even for Munster Badminton that weekend, we won five out of the six titles that were on offer that weekend. So that was great success. What is in the water in Waterford? What's bringing all the success? Basically hard work and commitment by both players managers and coaches um, and great club structures and getting players out on court and particularly motivating them this year with COVID. Our sport was really badly affected. Being an indoor sport, obviously, everything was shut down for a year and a half. So um, it was difficult to get back up and running, but we were able to regain 78% of our membership in Munster, which was um, phenomenal, more than the other branches, actually. So we were very pleased with that. And Waterford were well up there with their numbers as well. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. That was actually something I was going to touch upon with regards to COVID and, and all the issues that it caused. Mm. Um, did it put you in a position where it was entirely standstill? There was nothing that anybody could do outside of, I suppose, practicing against the wall of their house at home? Very little you could do, really. Um, I suppose for badminton, you know, you need, you need space and you need an indoor venue, you know. But... In fairness to people, they just we tried to keep our social media going the whole time throughout, just to keep Badminton in people's was minds and, and maybe a little distraction from the horrors of COVID, even for just a couple of seconds every day. So we shared lots of photographs, um, some history of the game, interviews with various people, from Ryan Tuberty to um, Olympic silver medalist Gail Ems, and just to keep people interested in the sport. And I really think that helped us get back quickly than when restrictions allowed. Sounds very much like a family, more so than a society. Obviously, it is an association and society, but it's very family-bound as well, is it? You're all very tight-knit. That's exactly it. It's a really strong community. Um, and I suppose the, what's really good about our sport is, you know, you have young players in their teens and all the way up to 80-year-olds still playing our sport. And I think that's a unique aspect of Fantastic. badminton for people. And some of our teams are quite a mix of ages and they just blend so well. And it's just so lovely to see that interaction between the more experienced players and the players just new to the game. And I think that's just great. Well, that's brilliant. So it's more so young to old, boy or girl. There's there's no differential. It's it's welcome and open to everybody and everybody has an opportunity to go and show what they can do. Absolutely. And I suppose one of the things that's happened as well, it's very gender balanced. Like all our team events are made up equally of men and men and our male to female. 
So you basically can't have a team without 50% male, 50% female, which is great, you know. That's absolutely brilliant. At a time period when 20 by 20 athlete is being pushed and we're trying to encourage young girls to get involved in sport, it's fantastic that you have that sort of... You, you have to have it. It has to be a part of the team and, and it's brilliant and that's the way it should be going, not only in this sport but in every other sport. You know, men's doubles, ladies' doubles, mixed doubles, everyone is supporting one another and, and that's just a really good aspect of it. I love to hear that. Um, so truly, from a purveyor of this rapidly growing sport in the country, what has badminton to offer players and what sort of opportunities does it present? So I suppose, well, firstly, it's a great social game. Um and lots of clubs would offer social badminton where basically you can just go and go down on a Tuesday night or a Monday night and play for an hour just socially, have a bit of fun, get a bit of fitness. Um, and then there's also the opportunity of competing at a very high level if that's the, the, the road you want to go down. Um, it's great for a winter sport because obviously, you know, our weather is so bad. So it's um, a really good sport to take up during September to May. Um, it just there's loads of opportunities. I suppose the one thing about badminton that's pretty unique as well. We have like eight levels, which eight grades of players. So within each of those grades, from being a starter to a more experienced player, you get the opportunity to play for your club, your county, your province, and go on to win an All Ireland in all of those eight grades. And I think that's probably pretty unique in sport. Um, Definitely. And yeah. again, we have. We have Masters events, which basically start at about 35 now. I know that doesn't sound very old, but 35 all the way up to 80. And like we have players in Munster who are in their 80s still competing. I mean, that's just tremendous, you know. It's absolutely tremendous. And having turned 37 only a couple of weeks ago, you've made me feel very old there now, Julie. Thank you. <laughs> I know, 35 <laughs> is so young. We always say, oh God, 35 for Masters. But it just gives people the opportunity to play people within that age group, you know, more so than playing maybe somebody who's 17 or, you know, it just gives more of a, a closed opportunity, really, you know, to play your own age group. No, well, it's great. And also uh, the fact that you have those eight gradings, no one is limited by their ability. There's a sense of participation and competition regardless of your level. And that's, that's uh, it's very unique to badminton. And it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic incentive for anybody, even if they're struggling against a various different type of opponent, that they know there's other individuals in that same category and you can go on and compete in those All-Ireland titles, which is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That's exactly it, yeah. yeah. How is the footprint in Waterford and surrounding counties in terms of clubs, societies, associations? Yeah, so within Waterford we have 10 clubs now throughout the county and um, the Waterford Association is very active. We host an awful lot of competitions, um, I suppose, to give players more opportunities to play. We host the Waterford Invitational, which is open to players from anywhere in the country and that's been a great success. It's running now about 13 years. And then we have clubs who also run their own open open competitions, which is pretty unique for a county. We have Liz Moore, who run the lovely Mary Platt, Pratt Memorial Competition. Bally Duff, upper, run an open doubles and mixed. Rath Gormick run a Flynn Shield. Lady Lane run um, Kieran Burns Memorial Competition. Turin, Turin Badminton host cup events. And then Kilmack hold the Kiersey Cup. So there's absolutely loads of competition now, those clubs obviously didn't get an opportunity this year to do those because of COVID and time restrictions, but all that will be back in the county next year, next season, I should say. So it's going to be another really, really busy season for Waterford Badminton. That sounds brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And for individuals who've been playing for some time, there's also ample opportunities to get into coaching, isn't there? 
There is, yeah. So the coaching structure starts with what they call a shuttle time course, which is a level zero, and that's your introduction to it. So we've actually hosted quite a few shuttle time courses. And then the next level then is level one. And last year we hosted level one, and we had about 15 participants on that, which is excellent. And Waterford Sports Partnership now have been very kind, and they're going to help us to run another level one course. So we need more coaches. We need more people to get into that area because we have a thriving juvenile structure and an awful lot of young players looking for coaching so the more coaches we have the better you know absolutely and i suppose that is further extended by there's a coaching conference coming up to irish badminton on the 13th of august uh obviously that's been joined by former world champion thomas laborn also ireland's sam mcgee is to attend and that's an amazing opportunity to learn from the game's best isn't it it is yeah and um i was only talking to the badminton ireland ceo the other night and he said that that coaching conference while it's normally just limited to coaches they actually are opening a district to anybody who wants to go and listen. And that's another great opportunity to go and hear, hear some really top, top class coaches from around the world, you know. Absolutely. There's tremendous opportunity and it's, uh, it's very reasonable as well in terms of getting up there, in terms of financial sort of side of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pursuing on from that, uh, Irish badminton has been successful on a global scene and you've got Nat Nyen in leading a new generation of players. How important are figures like Nat for the continued growth of the game in the country? Oh, that's so important. Even from the Olympics, um, you know, the growth spurt in the in the game has been phenomenal. And actually, only yesterday they released the new Badminton World Federation rankings, and that has made the top ten now for the first time, um, which is fantastic for a small country like ourselves. Um, and I know he's currently in Asia for three events now, leading up to the World Championships, which will be held in Japan in August. So there's a great he has a great following on social media and a few times I've contacted him you know to send messages and say to people in Munster Babins just a little bit of motivation and he is so good there's never a problem he'll send a little video and it just means so much to people that somebody like Nat who's competing in the Olympics is still willing to touch base with grassroots badminton you know definitely and it allows the children that are considering getting into the particular field to have somebody to, 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 to work towards and someone to look up to. And that's so important in any sport, I suppose. Absolutely, finally, yeah. with that, lastly, what, what, would you, what advice would you give to anybody considering getting into badminton in terms of equipment required? Or what, what, what do they need to know in terms of if they're considering getting involved after listening to this now? So I suppose the first thing would to, you know, your location, where, you know, to find a club. And in fairness to all the clubs we have, they are so accommodating to new players um, not, don't worry about equipment for the first couple of times. Everything could be provided for you. I suppose the best thing is to get in touch with maybe myself and I'll direct you into which is the best club for you, you know, judging on your maybe your standard or your um, location, etc. Um, but we'd love, we're always looking for new members. And a lot of, a lot of clubs would hold what they call uh, club nights, which basically are just players who just wander in for a, ga- a few games, maybe a cup of tea afterwards, and all very social. And it's a great way to meet people, if, particularly if you're new to an area, you know. Um, but no, we'd love to hear from, from people who would like to get involved in the sport. And we have um, a Facebook page, Waterford County Badminton Association, and you can just message there if you wish, and we'll be in touch. Okay, so uh, I, I was just going to confirm that, obviously, that Facebook is, is a way of getting in touch with you. Uh, is there any alternative ways that someone can reach you? Yeah, I can, um, I can give you my number um, and you can feel free to contact me at any time. It's um, 087 96 15 217.
Brilliant. And we'll give you as much help as possible. It's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you, Trudy. Truly enjoyed this. It sounds great. And uh, I wish you the very best for the future. We can get in touch shortly and we can see how things are going, I suppose, at the end of August when the season is starting back up again. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. That's it for this week's show. If you want to chat about your club or association, email me at sport at beat102103.com and I'll happily get back to you. Beat Anthems is up next.